Greetings, boys and babes. It's the Magic Hour, a place where we navigate through life's peaks and valleys with all the vulnerability and shamelessness we can muster. With the help of world-class guests from all walks of life, we uncover new truths and valuable tools for manifesting our highest potential. I'm your host, Mercedes Terrell, along with my partner in shine, Jade Bryce. Hey, you guys. I have a really good feeling about the topics we are going to be covering with today's guest and how they're going to resonate with y'all. We've heard a lot of interest and feedback from you magic mobbers about how phrases like toxic masculinity are used and how we women may be harming our relationships through emasculation of our men, which includes our own toxic tendencies. We know that both men and women are frustrated with trying to navigate the silent war we seem to be having between the genders. And so I think today's conversation will really help to alleviate some of that strife. Today's guest will shed some light on how we can all be better at connecting with people of the opposite sex in and out of relationship and how we can lay down our swords, so to speak, and move towards unity instead of separation. So with that, Mercedes, let's get her on. Let's do it. A voice for feminine transformation and sensual awakening, our guest is not only empowering the women she works with, but is consequently making the much-needed space and foundation for men to embody their own power and divine nature. As a relationship and sex empowerment coach, lover, writer, heart opener, paradigm shifter, and sensuality fiend, she navigates the realm of sexual polarity, energetic agility, and sacred sexuality with grace and ease, setting a beautiful example of how we can all support the planet its embodied ascension. Assisting her female clients in taking what she calls the sacred slut out of their closets and using her to manifest a turned on life is our guest's specialty. And in doing this, she simultaneously allows men a chance to step towards their own healthy masculinity and strength. An expert in pleasure, sex, and intimacy, her life's work is in healing the universal feminine heart and helping women rise into the embodiment of who they came here to be. I couldn't be more thrilled to introduce Ashe Sandara to the Magic Hour. Yay! Mm-hmm. Yay! Hi. <laughs> Hi! That was so, so beautiful. Thank oh. you. <laughs> Thank you. We're so glad to have you here. Yeah. So, Ashe, we always like to get to know our guests a little bit um, before jumping into their work. So, could you share with us your story that led you to doing the work you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. So, When I think back to it, there were two big initiations or portals that really opened me to this work. One of which was in high school, I was in a relationship. I thought I was in love, but there were all kinds of toxic behaviors going on. Uh, Our sex life was not great at all. Internally, my body knew this guy is cheating on me, but he was such a massive manipulator that I stayed in the connection for two years. And so it was like this crazy, I basically made myself nuts because my body was telling me one thing and I knew it on such a deep level, but then I allowed myself to get manipulated. So that's Mm -hmm. one piece. And then the second piece was that when I was in college, a little bit later down the road, 
I got super sick. I lost my menstrual cycle for two years. I had like all kinds of health stuff come up. And in that time, I also was not letting myself go on dates. I was super self-conscious because I had acne and all kinds of stuff that was going on. So once again, that was another initiation time of my life where my body was speaking super loud, wanting to be seen online, to share my gifts, to go on dates, but I stopped myself from fear. And so, so much of my journey has been about reclaiming my body's wisdom and intuition and voice and listening to the messages that come and reclaiming my sexuality was the pathway that unlocked all of those doorways and that power and that ability to really hear my body, be with my body and do life from that space. Yeah, that's beautiful. We're so glad you're here doing the work now. So I'm uh, sorry for yeah, all the traumas that that caused you. But I'm here. We're all benefiting. Yeah. yeah, we're all benefiting from it. Um, so what is the closeted slut that lives in all of us women that you speak about? So I wrote that on my website. And, you know, as as women and as men, as humans, we have access to all kinds of archetypes inside of ourselves. We have access to the good girl, the Madonna. We have access to the darkness, right? The sorceress, the witch. We have access to a wide variety of archetypes. And one of the archetypes that gets shamed and shunned and told as and seen as wrong is the slut or the woman that is deeply connected and desires sex, desires sexuality. And so there's a lot of people doing work around their spiritual awakening or healing and their all heart chakra and third eye and Mm. kundalini and breath work. And my route is really through that that archetype, the the sexuality and embracing and re- bringing the innocence back to Mm. this part and this archetype inside of us all. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's a, that's a struggle. You know, maybe this will resonate with you when I say it, but a common struggle we tend to have as, you know, quote unquote, sexy models with um, like a largely male audience on our personal accounts anyway it seems that people don't want to believe that you can be okay with showing your skin and having, you know, being okay with your sexuality, being okay, expressing that openly, um, and also have something intelligent to say. And it's like one or the other. Yeah. It's like you, they, you they want one or the other box. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know that many certainly seem to have a perspective, that no one will listen to a sexy model chick who's trying to relate to the world through sexy imagery. But here on the show, you know, um, we have basically tried to build our platform as a bridge. So that's what we kind of call it, a bridge to invite our followers to cross over and open their eyes to the fact that sexuality and sensuality can be the invitation to explore what lies beneath it. Um, and there's really nothing wrong with that route in, in our minds anyway. Maybe you'll prove us wrong right now. Maybe <laughs> I don't know where you're at with that. So I'd be curious to know your thoughts on that kind of dynamic. Mm, yeah, I think that there's a lot of things there. One of which is I feel that it's really old. First of all, of course, it's a very old paradigm to think that you have to choose 
intellect or sexuality. And I think that that comes from just general feminine and masculine principles, right? Because the feminine energetic is love and connection and beauty and pleasure. And the masculine energetic is more the mind and the doing and the action. And so it's, it's old paradigm. And so what we're doing is what by bringing through our intelligence and our sexiness at the same time is we're reintegrating that whole paradigm into something new and people are shifting and awakening into what's possible. Now I feel that because I, I know for myself that I feel expressed Mm -hmm. and radiant when I am sharing my sensuality or, or images of myself that I am portraying as like me in pleasure or in sensuality or my body. Mm -hmm. But where I feel it tips over is doing it that in a way that heart is self-harming and that could be like, I need to do this or no one will follow me if I don't do this or Mm -hmm. it's what every, it's what gets all the likes or Mm -hmm. it's what's popular. All of that stuff is, is not coming from a, a place of deep self-love and balance. Yeah. And so it can, eventually and over time create yeah more imbalance and it can create an unhealthy relationship with social media with your followers with who's attracted to you so I find that yeah if you're coming from a place of self-expression and also we need more women to show themselves loving themselves in this way because it's it's an invitation for others to do the same. And so there's a difference between just like, in my mind, posting an image of yourself because it's quote unquote sexy versus you feel sexy in it, which is actually a liberation. Yeah. And there's so much in there. I mean, you know, for me, I feel like when I started on social media, when I started in my modeling career, I know now looking back, you know, hindsight's 2020, that a lot of that was because I was attached to the idea of the validation that it would give me and attached to whatever that, um, you know, pick me up or that boost it would give me egoically was. And it's been a long road getting to where I don't feel like I'm so attached to that, you know, but there's still, that's part of my character at some point, you know, is still going to be in there somewhere. There's going to be those stories that mm-hmm. still live in me. Um, and so I continue to work through those. But yeah, I do think it's a matter of figuring out how to make it a balance because, you know, getting validation that way is, it comes with the territory, first of all, but it's also, um, I, I'm trying to figure out where validation or like seeking validation, where is the healthy point of it? And where it becomes exploitive and unhealthy. And I think you spoke a lot to it there. And then the other piece is that the the slut shaming, which is like a whole new, you know, epidemic that I think we're really getting close to squashing. So I feel good about, about that corner we're turning. And that's something mm-hmm. I also, you know, wasn't, I don't have any, um, I have some things to not be proud of in my past where I was shaming the women in my life for what they were doing even though I was seeking validation in the ways I just described. So it's just an interesting Mm -hmm. thing that we're, you know, we're so living in these egos that just entrap us in all these stories and make everything we're doing right and the rest of the world wrong. Mm -hmm. In terms of your validation piece, I want to share that I, when you, when 
validation is so healthy actually to actually be praised like the feminine grows from praise and from see- being mm. seen mm. as radiance and as beauty it's like a flower given great water it's like it, it wants to grow right and so the feminine is very much like that and we want to grow it that way and so that's that's really pointing me toward everyone who has a strong social media presence make your circle of women around you in your one-on-one life and in your intimate life and in your friendship and your sister circles create that that validation there and and really praise each other and see each other in those spaces because I find that once you feel so full in your personal life it's almost like the social media becomes an extension of it and you don't necessarily need the masses to to validate you when you're getting it in your personal life you're also getting it of course from yourself and your own practices that you do with you but definitely in connection with other women Mm -hmm. it's so powerful to really give that to each other to really see like wow this is where you're shining this is where you're radiant this is where you are so unique this is what you do better than anyone else Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff really helps us grow Yeah, yeah we know there's not so much of that um you know, seeking for, for using us for sex or something attached to it when it's coming from our female friends. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, Jada, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, we, you know, the same idea, we dress for women, we dress for our friends when we go out. It's not really as much for guys Mm. (laughs) because they don't give two shits really what you're wearing. If it's sexy, it's sexy. If it's not, it's not. That's pretty much how, how far it goes. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of ways that being in women's groups and and being closer with your friends and also speaking beauty into them and making that part of your practice can probably really mm-hmm. um, help to get to a healthy place with validation. Thank yeah. you for that. I'm curious just because you're so articulate in this area. Um, I had done a post just about what Mercedes was saying about how we're trying to be this bridge and how um, it, you brought up if you're doing it for the likes, but so if I post a video um, and what I'm wearing, it doesn't really get any views. And then the message isn't heard, mm-hmm. um, the message about whatever our topic is of this week, whether it's narcissism or, um, you know, your shadow self, whatever the topic is. However, if I, um, if it, if I am showing a lot of skin, it gets so many more views and, and then the message is heard. And my hopes mm-hmm. is that a man who, um, likes to see a video of a girl in, um, you know, showing more skin, then here's that message when he wouldn't have, you know, um, seed is so, planted anyway. Yeah. And so it's at least this bridge that Mercedes talks about, but, um, I had posted about that and <clears throat> one of the comments that I got said, um, except, to, except it's not just that it's the sexual objection of your body. You use your sexuality to get attention and an audience. Many women and girls do this. Personally, I think there is nothing wrong with it and you should be free to do as you please, but let's be honest about it. In a time where many women are screaming at men to stop objectifying them, it makes it all ridiculous when so many other women are seeking men to do just that. Mm -hmm. Trying to mix the two messages is very tricky. You can't effectively say, look at my tits and ass and now listen to my message. No one but people like yourself will take you seriously. Um, mm. I was curious, oh, I'm like, I, I wanted respond to respond, to yeah. but I, I couldn't articulate my feelings in a way. And I feel like, um, then I just, I go to your page and I feel <laughs> like she's saying it, but. <laughs> oh, I'd love to respond to that. Yeah. I feel 
with this, I feel that we all have our own dharma. We all have our own way. Like our soul guides us to what is our path. And if if your being, like your deepest being in resonance is telling you that this is the path for you, then that's the path for you, right? If you're if 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 you're showing up with more skin and internally you're feeling like, mm-hmm. I hate this, mm-hmm. why do I have to do this? But you're doing it anyways, that's selling yourself. But if you're like, look, I'm an empowered woman, I know that this is gonna work and I'm doing it and that's feels good to me, then yay, then that's your path and that and that's that should be celebrated. And I think that and, Anytime we as women are slut shaming each other for our past, we're still a part of the vicious cycle. Mm. And so how can we celebrate each other, each other's own journey? Like if you want to be a stripper, yay. If you want to dance on the pole, yay. If you want to cover your skin completely and not show yourself, yay. Like it's really as long as all about a want. personal preference. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. all about what you want. It's about being honest with yourself mm-hmm. because so many of us can't be honest with ourselves. And then we judge the women that are doing it in a way that is a trigger to our own shadow or our own yeah. repression inside of ourselves, right? Like if a woman's not comfortable wearing a bikini on camera, of course, she's going to judge you for wearing a bikini on camera. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. I don't see there to be one way or another. It's really just about what is what is fueling your mission. And if this if if showing your skin is empowering to you, if you feel good doing it, if you get more views and it actually you're getting the right kind of views too because that's another thing that I would look at, right? If it's mm bringing the right kind of audience to you because it sounds like your audience you want to bring men who would be more attracted to women in skin so you can mm-hmm. support them in so it sounds like it is of support to you and so it's just really about is this serving me on the mm. deepest level mm. I like that's that good. it's good guidance so with all the talk of toxic masculinity today I'd love to get a good definition from you of what toxic masculinity is versus healthy masculinity okay so I don't use the term toxic masculinity ever. I believe that men have toxic patterns and behaviors and women also have toxic patterns and behaviors. When we say something such as toxic masculinity, we're we're imprinting that as a reality and we're relating the word masculinity, which is a beautiful word, to the word toxic. Mm -hmm. And so I actually don't like to combine the two and create a sort of term around it. Now there's definite, like the way that I like to use quote unquote, the healthy masculine is the divine masculine or the initiated masculine or the king archetype. And I say initiated masculine because, you know, a lot of the men that are experience uh, producing toxic behaviors and are being quote unquote called toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. They're men that haven't learned from their fathers or from their tribe or from mm-hmm. the people, the men around them, what is healthy masculinity? Right. What is a way to show up as a man? Like this is this is the state of the world that we're in right now is that the men are all waking up going, wait, 
what, how do I actually be a man in this Mm -hmm. world? We were taught so many lies, right? And in a lot of ways, we're also as women doing the same. Um, So, so yeah, there's lots of toxic behaviors that, that men exhibit. There's lots of toxic behaviors that women exhibit. Uh, But to give you the comparison, right, and kind of a framework for what the sort of divine masculine or the initiated masculine is, is uh, I see this as a man who is, has entered his heart, like his, his, his energy is more heart focused and heart centered, whether that's in leading, leading his business, leading his kids, leading his date, like it's coming from more of a heart centered space. Mm-hmm. Um, he's deeply present to himself first and foremost, to his thoughts, to his mind and to his body, because he can't be the, the he can't be present with us. Mm. He can't be present on a date. He can't be present uh, during sex if he's not aware of what's actually mm. happening in his body, in his mind, what he thought about uh, five minutes ago that was a pattern from childhood, right? Like the, the healthy masculine is, is cultivating awareness to himself mm-hmm. to, and then he can offer a presence to the feminine and he can just be present, present in his life. And so, yeah. And then like integrity is a big one. Um, the masculine is also a master of time and space. So he's able to like be on time and have things organized. Right. And honest, honesty, honesty is a big one. And um, a lot of this, it takes a lot of work and a lot of practice and a lot of being around this energy. And I think that a lot of times the term toxic masculinity gets thrown around because men from a certain group of consciousness like to hang out together. And so the best thing to do is to follow people or invest in programs and offerings from men from the masculine that are holding space for men to rise Uh, one of my teachers and highest recommendations is john wineland for any man yeah Uh i just did a he's my magic trick deep dive in 10 yeah (laughs) just did a four-day retreat with him and it was just so profound so yeah yeah, incredible. And and <clears throat> toxic masculinity when I, I when I hear the term it kind of triggers me to tie those two words together as if all masculinity when we're talking mm-hmm. about an energy that mm-hmm. imbo- you know we're all half embodied bodying or not half. You know what I'm saying? We both we all have masculinity <laughs> in us um whether we identify as a woman or man. And that idea of you know, I don't want to get people into the idea of that's what that term means. Toxic masculinity does not mean that all masculinity is toxic. And I also think that there's this piece of um, women can embody toxic masculinity in just the same way where we're overly rigid, where we're not empathetic. Um, we're not coming from that heart center, like you're saying, um, or we're not you know, doing things from a place of love. So yeah, there's so many different terms getting thrown around today, though. I feel like it's really hard to navigate it unless you have like a, a, a new agey uh, dictionary with you at all times. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. thank you for, thank you for explaining that for us. And I like that um, the other terms that you're using in place of that, that seems mm-hmm. really solid. So there is a kind of silent war between the genders, it seems. And I'm sure that mm-hmm. what you just spoke on there plays into all of that and plays into how we're 
going after separation a lot of the time instead of this union that you speak to. So can you put some words to that for us? The war mm. between the genders? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are naturally different mm. and that is our gift, but it's also what makes us not understand each other. It's what makes us fight. It's what makes us, because our, uh, a feminine essence to brain is thinking that all brains are feminine essence. Mm. And then a masculine essence brain is thinking that all brains are masculine essence. And mm. so we get into relationship and what we don't realize is that this person is very different than we are. And we are not taught the differences. We're not taught the how to engage, how to communicate in a way that serves that person's brain, that person's experience, that person's body and nervous system. And so I, what happens is that we get into these relationships because there's chemistry, there's attraction, of course, there's beauty, there's love. But when we don't actually know how to relate and honor each other's differences, we end up um, hiding things, lying, doing things behind each other's backs, um, we end up yelling, we end up saying things in ways that hurts the other, we end up emasculating, we end up defeminizing, which is something that I say, we end up um, hurting each other, really. And so, and that's been going on for a very long time. And so right now, I feel like is a really special time, because we're in a time where we're actually realizing that and now we get to bring it all into awareness and realize how we have been tearing each other down and hurting each other and even if we are in a quote-unquote healthy relationship we're committed we're loving we're not betraying each other we're communicating we can still hurt each other a lot in that and so we have so much work to do in terms of unraveling all of the patterns and they really are just that they're patterns that stem from a very long time ago and that yeah we we need to we need to start taking a look at that like how we are different and celebrating each other's differences Mm. so that we can stop ending so we can put an end to that fight that war that's happening between the sexes separation yeah get back to unity get back to communion and get back to connection i love that okay so this is an excerpt from your site where you say as women who are badass we start trusting our own inner masculine more than we trust his and we when we do that we start throwing off the polarity and passion in the relationship so in this culture of women feeling this need to be hyper-masculine um, in order to measure up and because in our culture it's socially acceptable to emasculate our men, unfortunately, um, how do we identify where we are emasculating our men? Let's start there. Yeah. So with this quote, I want to point out that it's very subtle, right? We might in our minds go, oh, but I trust him. Mm. But the thing is, is that if we're really good at getting our work done, if we're really good at showing up on time for the podcast, if we're really good (laughs) at organizing our work day and doing all these things, we automatically are building a lot of trust Mm. with our inner masculine. We're we're really saying like, I can show up, I can get things done, I can get, make money, I can do all these things, which are all very masculine energetics. So when in relationship to a man, 
it's important to take a look at if that part of us is overpowering his because the the masculine in relationship is leadership right it's a lot about being able and the feminine is being able to be led being mm-hmm. able to receive being able to follow and to be guided and so a really simple example is if you as the woman are always choosing where you go on a date for example like you don't allow him to choose mm-hmm. maybe you trust that you'll choose the better restaurant maybe you trust that you'll get there on time maybe you, you'll trust right you 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 start trusting your own mind and your own direction more than his and when you do this it automatically puts him in into more of his feminine because mm. again this is the polarity and so if we want amazing sex we want amazing polarity as well it doesn't matter if we're talking about a male female relationship right. or it doesn't matter what gender you are but we do want that polarity and masculine and feminine to have that that deep passion, the dynamic passion between the two poles. So um, let's see, what else did I want to say about that? So yeah, so in in terms of really those emasculation patterns, we want to look at how one, how we are unconsciously uh, leading and not letting him lead, Right. right? And then we want to soften and surrender into our feminine and be able to be led. That's one way. We also want to look at any and all ways that we are in criti- crit- crit- criticizing him. Get that out. We want to look at any ways <laughs> that we are <laughs> criticizing him. And this can be really subtle. So again, uh, this is why it's we kind of need to tease these out and kind mm-hmm. of study th- the way that we relate because saying something mm-hmm. such as I don't I don't like that sure you can say that in a way that doesn't come off as criticism if you can say something like you look really good how about blue instead to match those pants right so yeah. you're not tearing down his choice because in criticism there's more of a chance for emasculation right <laughs> Um, another way that is not really talked about in terms of emasculation is around our sexual patterns. Mm. And if we are faking our pleasure or faking our orgasms, or we're not fully present in the Mm. sexual experience, like there's a lot of women, if they'll just experience their man coming at them a certain way, wanting sex in a certain pattern or a certain position, they'll just numb out. But that is really emasculating a man because you're not drawing his presence forward by that. You're not drawing his consciousness and his his embodiment forward by going numb. And you're especially not drawing yours out either. And so in those situations, whatever situation, however your man is coming to you for sex, do not numb out. Do not fake your pleasure. Do not leave and go somewhere else. Like, can you embody yourself? And if you're not liking it, can you communicate? Can you dance a certain way? Can you move to a different corner of the bed? Like, <laughs> wake yourself up in the experience, and then that will wake him up mm-hmm. as well. Um, so these are some ways. And I do want to point out, too, that also it's important to note that a man that is super in his divine masculine or in his king archetype, he, he can't get emasculated. So this is just an interesting little um, 
piece to recognize is that any attempt that a woman will make to emasculate a man, if he's already there, like he's actually been Mm. initiated and he's holding a very strong level of presence already, he's going to point it out and be like, you're doing that, Mm. right? He's actually not going to allow himself to be emasculated. But but the thing is, is that we're just not there. Like most of the world is not there. And so it's important to know that they're not victims, right? Right. They're also having choice in every single moment of relationship. We both are in choice. But yeah, these are some ways that we can emasculate our men. God, I'm so guilty of all of it too. Uh, Exactly, we all are. And I'm hoping to get better at it, but slow down. I like how you said um, the criticism. I think it also goes into like that book, Nonviolent Communication, Mm -hmm. like always just adding like a please or something instead of it being a command. Mm -hmm. Um, Like if they feel like they're, um, we're the boss of them. Like that's not very sexy. Or their mother. Yeah. Yeah. But if we want them to be the boss of us, right? we want them to be like, take your shirt off. Okay. Yeah. 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 um, So we need to switch those roles. That was a really helpful book. Nonviolent. Oh yeah. That that is a good one. Um, And I wanted to say that there's like a slippery slope there that I just want to definitely touch on in case anyone listening is going, what about narcissists? You know, like mm-hmm. what about someone that's deeply narcissistic in a very unhealthy sense? Um, if your partner, you know, let's say <clears throat> the man in the situation is in a place that is unhealthy and it's causing the woman to essentially be the victim in that circumstance. And yes, we want to be led and we want to have that um, partner that's able to, to lead us and be able to trust him to lead us and not lead us into a dark place. How do we navigate something like that? Do you have any tips on that? Oh my gosh. Well, if you know that you, if you consciously know that you're in that, you either leave or get help like right Mm -hmm. away because that's abusive, right? To be usually don't know though. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You usually don't know. And so, but at the same time, if I would say, something that is like why I got into this work the original piece of my story is that you actually do know Mm. like deep down like deep 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 down you actually do know and actually the more yeah and actually like the more intimate you are with yourself like spend more time alone out of outside of the relationship spend spend more time in a personal self-pleasure practice where you're being intimate with your body you're actually feeling your body because in a self-pleasure practice, like you have to feel your emotions, you have mm-hmm. to feel your blockages, you have to feel all the places that you're holding on to. And so the more self-intimate you can be, the more real you can also be with what's actually going on inside of your relationship. Like spend time sleeping alone, self-pleasure alone, going on walks in nature alone, spend more time alone. Um, if you're even considering that you might be in an unhealthy dynamic, yeah. right? Um, it's a great and, tip. And, and yeah, you, you do know deep down, it's just about getting quiet enough to to really hear that message. Um, but one thing that I will say is that I think that a lot of us get into unhealthy relationships for a couple reasons. I think one, we don't feel worthy of what we really want, mm-hmm. which is 
deep in there. And again, that self-intimacy work is really going to help unleash and release that. Um, So we don't feel worthy of what we really desire and what we really want. Um, Another thing is that we get, we allow ourselves to lean into sexual intimacy probably too soon into the interaction Mm. with someone before we can really tune into and feel if we want to be energetically Mm. connected to them in that way. Because when for a woman, for most women, when you have sex, you're opening your emotions too. You're opening your heart. It's a, it's an emotional experience as well. And sometimes when we're not fully sure, and then we open that way, we can lean in, we can feel really connected, but we don't really know the person well enough. We don't, we haven't seen enough of their patterns to really, really know. So that's another way. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of pieces that we can really be aware of at the very beginning of a relationship that we can, you know, quote unquote, look for the red flags. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's really just about going slow and allowing our bodies to attune to this person, to how they're continually showing up, not who they say they are, because that's a big thing with narcissists is they can look really good on paper Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. they can their job can be great their friends can be great they're charming all of those things but it's how are they actually showing up consistently Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's huge it's a you know it seems like such a big responsibility to take on that self-work especially if that's the first time you're deciding to to look into that if you're hearing this and going what does that even mean? You know, but there are so many ways that you can begin to do that shadow work and just, 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 you know, hit the tip of the iceberg and see what happens. I think that when you step towards your true self in that way, it meets you more than halfway, you know, it's, it's comes and, and, uh, finds a middle ground with you very quickly. So I don't know, that might sound too out there to understand, but, um, yeah, thank you for that. What about, um, is it, can it be emasculating when we're trying to, um, I guess, ask our men to be more conscious or to grow with us? Can that sometimes, um, be emasculating because, uh, it's like everything I say is emasculating these days. I'm like everything. I'm just like, I gotta just, I don't even know how to articulate (laughs) this question. (laughs) Um, you know what I mean? Like you're at, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's two different pieces to this. It's almost like you're telling him he's not enough, right? Right. Right. So there's two different pieces to this. There's one piece of requesting that, requesting growth in, on a large scale in relationship versus a moment, a moment of requesting presence. So these are two different topics. I'll cover both. So if you're wanting him to be present in the moment like let's say you're on a date and he like whips out his phone and you're like what the mm, fuck? that doesn't mm-hmm. feel good or like you're you're like um being intimate you're kissing and then all of a sudden he's like watching tv and it just mm. like doesn't feel good to you instead of saying or pointing out you're not being present or where are you or what happened you can let him know through your body mm. that it's not working so you might go oh or you might, you might like tap him on the shoulder and like do a little cute little nudge, or you might pull him into you, but let him know through your body. And one of the things that I like the masculine, like men want to make women happy. Like they just, they do, they just don't know when they're not being conscious or present in a moment. 
And so instead of using the first things first, instead of using words, try first and foremost using sounding and using the body, body language to call him back in to the moment. Um, and um, you can do that through frustration. You can do that through showing frustration. You can do that through, through showing pleasure. Maybe he, you're not even frustrated. You just want his attention. And then you like start touching yourself and you're like, look over here. Right. And you just call him into you. You, you allow him to become more present through how you're being with yourself. And then the second energetic is um, if you're in a long-term relationship and you either want to do sex therapy or couples therapy, or you want your partner to go to men's work, you, you just, let's say you're a woman and you, you're doing a lot of personal development growth and you want your partner to also be on that same page. Um, a really good way to, to introduce it or to ask it is to not do it from a place of you need to, or this has to happen, or you're wrong if this doesn't happen, but kind of like a Hey, like I found this. What do you think about this? Like have a conversation about it. Mm. Truly just uh talk to talk to him like you're actually curious. Comment it from a place of inquiry. Like, what do you think it would be like if we went to this? Or what do you think it would be like if we read this book together? Right. I found this book. I really like it and I'm curious about reading it with you. How would you feel about that? Right. So you're inviting. You're inviting him and then he can make his own choice, which is a completely different energetic than um I need us to go to therapy together, mm-hmm. right? It's a command, yeah, versus an invitation. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, I got so much work to do, girls. I've got so much work to do. And everything for me feels like, you know, it's coming from this like shame core. So then my, when I'm triggered in one of the ways you might've just mentioned of him not being present or whatever, my initial reaction is to be reactionary instead of responsive, first of all, but also to come at it at a sense of like, how can I shame you into doing what I want? Which is like the mm-hmm. worst, most terrible thing to admit, but that is, you know, where I'm at. What can I tell you guys? Mm, thank you for being so <laughs> honest. And I've, Honestly, I've spent a large portion of my last relationship in that, which is like how I learned so much about this was mm. because I was experiencing it and I was going, I don't want to be this. I don't yeah. want to do this anymore. This dynamic doesn't work because honestly, it doesn't feel good for us either. So right. if it it's emasculating them, this is a really good point that if any of our behaviors are emasculating them, it's also bringing us out of our center because we yeah. want to be in pleasure and in love and in truth and honoring our partners. That's yeah. the core of like who we are. We want to be in a powerful relationship that's really honoring on both sides. And so just realizing that, okay, I have these patterns is a step and I want to not do it to him anymore, but also like the real shift and the, like it can start happening way faster and on a deeper level when we go, actually, I don't want to be this for me anymore. Like I don't want to be this version of myself. Right. Mm -hmm. It is very much a shared suffering. And yeah, it's just, again, like owning up to your patterns, becoming responsible for your piece of this. And <laughs> I find that usually it's all me and I'm like, okay, I got a lot of work to do, but I'll get there, girls. I'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we have spoken already a lot about the masculine feminine energies and I want to get a little deeper into that, but we've had the pleasure on the show of exploring um 
those characteristics of the masculine and feminine energies with other guests who've come on. So if you're, if you're listening right now and you're new to these terms, we'd invite you to go back and listen to the episodes we did with London Angel Winters or her husband, Justin Patrick Pierce or Maddie Moon. There's other, there's others in there, but what I want to know from you, Ashe, is how do we become more aware of the, the, um, I'm more aware and, and maybe just conscious of which energies we are embodying at any given moment, which energy mm-hmm. we're in at that moment. And then once we're aware, how do we shift it if we want to, mm-hmm. aka energetic agility, right? Like how do we get yeah. there? Yeah. So when we're in a feminine space, we're in like an inner, we're in the inner realms. So we're in feeling, we're in emotion, we're in pleasure, we're in an experience with our inner being and with our body, our physical body. So that could be movement of emotion, movement of the body, movement of trauma, right? And so all of that is a deep feminine space. It's also slow. It's also, there's like a lot of softness Mm -hmm. in that space. And the masculine space is more of a projecting energy. So it's more doing and creating and envisioning and we can be in both energies at the same time. So for example, today I'm doing a lot of body healing these days and I'm healing my, my spine. I'm doing work with my spine, but anyways, I was working and I was typing and I was doing, but I was like laying in bed and not only was I laying in bed cause that's just the physical, but my actual inner energetics were deep internal. So I was working, but I was deeply present with myself and I and in that moment I said wow this is the perfect balance I felt 50-50 masculine <laughs> and feminine where I was really connected to what was happening in my body and my breath and just the inner realms of my mind and my thoughts and what was going on but I was also focused and I was also producing and I was also creating and so the more you just ask on a regular basis where am I? Literally just that question to yourself and start feeling, am I connected to my inner realm? Am I connected to feeling? Am I connected to emotion? Because that will help Mm -hmm. you feel if you're in the feminine space. And Mm -hmm. I, you can identify if you're in the feminine space or not, you'll be able to tell. And most people are existing for the most part in a masculine space as we have moved into a more healing culture self-care culture there is more feminine energetics definitely showing up but for the most part a lot of us are in a masculine energetic we're getting up with an alarm we're making breakfast we're working we're going to the gym Um, and again like I said you can do a lot of these things from a feminine space it's just about bringing that awareness of how can I do this more softly how can I do this while also feeling what's going on for me so that I might be making a smoothie but I'm really also like swaying my hips and I'm breathing into my body and I'm feeling right. And so that's how we kind of Hmm. get awareness to what's going on, where we are and then find where we want to be. And so that's how we, if, when we can recognize that we move into the other one a little more gracefully because we're just becoming aware. And then we have some, we've listened to this podcast. So we have the tools of how to get into the other space. If we want to be, you know, playing the other role for some reason or another. Oh, okay. I like that. I, I wanted to ask off of that. Is there, 
like right now I'm in the last phase of my moon cycle about to start my period in a few days. So this is when I am the most masculine of all my, you know, months. So much today. Yeah. (laughs) Not you, me, me. No, but we're we're on the same. (laughs) Both of us get in the same realm. We know. Um, How do we navigate that piece of it? Or have you found any luck in in how to navigate the different phases of our cycles and where we seem to be energetically prone to in those like in those phases. Yeah, it's just about really awareness. Like some women, for example, are suit like cannot work at all when they're bleeding, mm. don't like to, don't feel their productivity. Uh, and so listen to that, follow that, right? It's about becoming aware of where you're at in your cycle. So if in this stage right now, right before you bleed, it's the luteal phase. If you're in this phase and you have so much energy, it's like, great, use that to its maximum Mm. potential, right? Knowing that probably in a week or two, you're not going to be there, right? right? So how can you maybe schedule more of your calls or more of the tasks, more of your productivity Mm. things in this phase right before you bleed so that when you do start bleeding, you can give yourself rest if that's what your body calls for. You can go slower. You can take days for self-care. It's really just about knowing your cycle because again, all of us are different. There There are some patterns right? There are some patterns around our energy levels, but also it varies. So notice where you're the most energized, where you're the most depleted, and when you are the most energized, go for it. Yes. uh, And I noticed that when I'm in this, um, it's weird because it's like when I'm in this hyper-masculine mode, I'm also most... uh, sexually charged or I, I have a, a that type of energy and it my husband already knows you know that this is a time he doesn't probably want to be around me but of course that's an issue because this is what I'm most sexually charged and so he's kind of in an opposite cycle to me sometimes which is interesting we're still investigating how to work through all that but um how do we I mean I'm I'm just I guess I'm just curious of how do we men to be more excited about knowing about these phases with us and so that we can explore them and also both be conscious of like, here's what I'm going through right now. And here's how, you know, it's, it's best to interact with me <laughs> or like <laughs> tips of, so it's happier in the household. Totally. I feel like that stems from just that inner excitement, right? If we want our partners to be excited about something, we embody it ourselves. So Hmm. cultivating that inner excitement of really mapping out your energy levels and your mood and your digestion and all all these things, your libido, so that you know, so that you can get excited about sharing it. And again, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you can't necessarily make someone excited about something. (laughs) You don't want to be excited about my cycle. (laughs) (laughs) You can communicate how how it would touch your heart, how it would make you happy and make you feel loved if he tuned into it and if he was more aware of it, right? So bring it back to like a love language. Bring it back to him like loving you really by tuning into that. Yeah, and anyone listening, if you're a guy, I'm just this is, this is a magic trick right now that Shay is giving you because if you are if you go up to your chick and you're like, hey, I really want to get 
attuned and aligned with what's going on with your body and your cycle and like how we can navigate any of the feelings and emotions you're going through. You got, yep. yeah. Winner. <laughs> Winner. Yeah. Sign me up. This is the end of part one. Tune in next week for part two. We'll see you there. It's the magic hour. Mercedes and Jay.